Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker. Welcome to Bakes Takes Podcast, my show. It's Sunday, October 24th. Hope you had a great week, a lot going on, and let's get right into it. Um, as many of you know why I do this, my sons, Bobby and Jack, they're 24 and 23, and uh, they were in uh, undergraduate business programs, and they and their friends would fire questions at me. I've been in the investment world for 30 years, hedge funds, mutual funds, etc., and uh, I have the, the scars to prove it. Went through the 87 crash, discovered I didn't know all that much, and I really went to school, literally got my MBA, and figuratively read everything I could get my hands on, uh, and, and found technical analysis, reading charts and volume and patterns, and uh, I use that first. I do a lot of fundamental work, and I always have, but I go technicals first, fundamentals second, and I'm finding out that's fairly unique, and I I think it's helpful, and I hope it's helpful to you, and you you tell me. But that's what I'm hearing so far. Uh, I read the things maybe you don't want to or, or that you don't have the time for. The Journal, Barron's, The Economist, uh, I, I, uh, a number of newsletters. I listen to podcasts. I monitor what my Google alerts are bringing me with all of, of the themes and groups that I come up with and that you come up with as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the background doing all this work for you. Uh, know that I, I eat home cooking. I don't have any conflicts. All I do is talk about what uh, uh, I want my sons to invest in and what I invest in. It, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, it's a great excuse for me to stay connected to my sons. I say that unflinchingly. Uh, tell me what your pain points are, problems you'd like solved, topics I should cover. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you especially Charlie Justin Murph uh, from this Luddite for getting me up to speed as, as we go forward here. Um, Here's my phone number, 610-331-4283. Text me. You want to keep me th- th- things anonymous, that's fine too. Tell me guests I should reach out to. Help me design the show. Uh, uh, looking forward to expanding to Bakes Takes Plus, and uh, please stay tuned. This is an investment, but here's my disclaimer. This is an investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence, and the more that happens, the more fun we have and the more money we make. Fan mail. Uh, uh, Murph came back to me today uh, over the past week and asked me about iShares Global Clean Energy, ICLN. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't enthusiastic about it before, but I always like to go back with an unjaundiced eye and, and, uh, and see what I see. And I know I see what I saw then is my cell discipline kicking in. And I'm telling you, folks, this is worth the price of admission for this show. Uh, the, the, the world wants to tell you about stocks to buy, but they, they, they forget the, the, the back half of, of getting out in an in a, uh, efficient, dispassionate way. I do it, and I teach this to you, and I, this is going to be very, very helpful. So the cell discipline. Here we are. And please go to the YouTube channel if you're listening, you know, in uh, uh, audibly uh, on the podcast. But go to the YouTube channel because you can see the charts, and I think it's helpful. So I put down these arrows here, and the leftmost arrow is the first time ICLN closes below the 200-day moving average, 21.97. Then the 50-day comes down through the 200 about a month later, 22.58, and then recently the 200-day went down and uh, 22.24. So. Uh, sorry, 2218. So uh, just without doing anything other than just reading the chart and go- knowing this history, you're out at 2224. It started the year at 28. It stocks down 21%. So it's bounced to 2352, but I basically got you out of, of uh, uh, you know, dead money 
uh, with the cell discipline. So, you know, that's what I see. And when I go through my 1700 plus charts, I wouldn't stop on this way uh, uh, on the bullish side. And it isn't that bearish, but I'm just not bullish. So the next thing I do, and I encourage you all to do this, go to the for, for ETFs, go to the fact sheet and look at the holdings, the top 10 holdings, and you see what drives this. And what I see here, Murph, and everybody else, is I see solar stocks, and I see wind stocks, and I don't see you any uranium. And uranium is clean energy, and people are coming around to this, but all these lofty carbon and ESG targets that everybody has, solar and wind will not cut it. You have to have nuclear, and you have to have uranium, and it's just that simple. So uh, I'm going to stick with North Shore Global Uranium Trust, URNM, and, uh, and here's the exact opposite of what I see with ICLN, the Clean Energy ETF. We start the year at 4290 and we go to 9298 where we double, we're up 116% year to date. So you can lose 21 or you can go up 116. And door number two is very appealing to me. So um, my take is, and I really wanna stress this, I've been doing this, it seems like the last three or four weeks, uh, let the market tell you where to do more research. And instead of coming in with a, uh, a thesis that you try to shoehorn or force into the market, uh, I want it to be sort of like a jujitsu. Uh, I want you use the market forces uh, to your benefit and don't try to fight the market, go with it and flow. And uranium is ESG. And, and you know, we, I found this in the chart back in, in, in July last year. I couldn't, you know, pronounce half the names. And, uh, but we were right. And uh, so we've got a big winner that we're letting run. And I encourage you to do the same and stay tuned for more. Um, next, Murph asked about SOX, S-O-X-X, the, uh, the iShares Semiconductor ETF. And uh, again, I go to the chart like I always do, and look at these arrows. You get a big down volume. That was a warning sign. It wasn't, you know, uh, uh, dramatic or, or, or conclusive. But when the volume picks up on the downside, I go, something's wrong. And um, we're still respecting the 200-day moving average at, at 434.54, but it feels and looks tired to me. And uh, that's just, you know, one of these things that I've, I've, I've watched you know, millions and millions of charts over the years, and this is starting to roll over in my view. And then I go to the fact sheet, like I always do, top holdings, and there's Intel. I'm surprised because Intel is sort of a, you know, old, old tech stock, you know, old economy, but it's, it's still the number one uh, uh, component of this ETF, and uh, it's 8% plus of the uh, of the ETF and the next chart is Intel and Intel had a lousy week it had a horrible earnings call a uh, big miss it gapped down as you can see by these arrows closed at uh, 49 some odd and uh, down 11 percent so the number one name took a hit and the ETF looked didn't look as bad as this Intel chart certainly looks so my take is we're going to have Nvidia and AMD coming out with earnings reports and they're going to tell us if there's enough to keep the bull going I doubt it but hold this winner for now watch that 200 day moving average and I think you're you're okay for now after taking the uh, the Intel hit uh, and I forget who asked about this in the past. It might have been Charlie. It might have been Murph. But DraftKings, and uh, and this is one of the things, my selling points for 
for uh, my service going forward. You ask me something, I put it into my system, and I'll keep updating when I see interesting price action and, and technical patterns emerging. So here's DraftKings, and uh, it's taking out the lows. Uh, uh, and and uh, go look at these, these uh, arrows again. Uh, uh, 48.42, the 200-day, uh, we close below that. The uh, the 50 day slices through the the 200 at 48.81 and at 48.75 uh, you should have been gone and uh, that's 48.66 on average and we're at 46.52 now yes it drifted up to the the 50 60s but uh, it's it, the the, uh, the the down volume is is 63 percent above normal earnings are coming in 14 days and this chart is telling me that they're not going to be saying a lot of great things which i'm surprised by because i th would have thought football was uh, season would be when they make it rain and uh i think that everybody knows the DraftKings story it's one of the most successful d specs that's out there uh it's very expensive it's losing money and i think that um uh, uh, it just, it, it's time for it to roll over. Something bad is going on in DraftKings, or at least there's not enough good to move the stock. So my take is this is still an avoid, and I'm happy to discuss uh, further, either on the show or, or sidebar. You tell me how you want to go. Uh, Disney, I just, uh, you know, Kramer came out with this investment club and said, you know, uh, in essence, defending Disney. And I'm going to say Kramer's wrong, and, and, and I think you should sell Disney. There was a, 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 a Wall Street report that said sell, and I believe the thesis was that the, the subscriber numbers are starting to wane for Disney+, Plus, and they kind of have to because the growth has just been meteoric. But what I do is I say, okay, you have uh, the volume picking up on the down days. You do have this, the first two-thirds of the sell discipline kicking off, uh, and uh, you know Disney, to me, looks weak. And you know, some might think that's you know un-American to to you know go against Mickey Mouse, but uh, I'm here to make money and have my sons make money, and Disney's not going to do it for you in my in my view. And so this is a good example for Bakes Takes Plus. You know, uh, I'm going to monitor your stocks, your ETFs. I'm also going to look for mine, but I'll alert you of buy and sell points. And what's going to happen is you're going to see over time. I'm not right all the time, but I'm right a lot. And, and I certainly have a, a concrete conviction of, of how to let winners run and cut losses. And, uh, and I don't think many people do, and especially younger people, no offense, but this boomer does it, and uh, we're adding value, and, and I'd love to hear from you. Coinbase is another uh, uh, fan favorite, and um, uh, this is perking up. This is from, I believe, two weeks ago. Uh, and I said 280.61, watch for a new high and watch for the volume picking up. And here are the arrows. And it was a 273 at the time. Yeah, it's okay, 273. And then here we are a week later, we're at 293 and we're starting the process. So this is a launch pad in my view. Uh, it, it, is, it is continuing. The, uh, th this makes uh, thematic sense to me with the cover of Barron's talking about the the um, Bitcoin going mainstream. And I kind of like this because this makes it so I almost don't care what 
crypto ends up reigning supreme. That you know they're they're going to be trading everything. There's going to be an NFT exchange. So uh, now, full disclosure, I don't own it. I haven't pulled the trigger. I haven't done the the what I did in the past uh, when I was investing for mutual funds and hedge funds. That that you know the real nitty gritty fundamental work, calling everybody, the suppliers, the customers, competitors, the valuation analysis. I have not done that, but. Uh, I encourage you to do that, and this Coinbase chart is promising, and uh, I hope that's been been helpful. Next, uh, this is going to be great, GameStop. I said last week that the the memes are over, they're all behind me, to paraphrase Pete Townsend and The Who. And uh, Mike, I got some pretty nasty comments. You know, people can get, get a little snippy out there, and, and more so. Uh, you know, my, my, my skin is pretty thick and I'm, I'll, I'll say it again. The, 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 uh, the hedge funds don't care about you. Uh, they are on GameStop and they're probably doing it better than you are. And, uh, it's over. You, you, they, you, you caught a couple of them, uh, ridiculously short GameStop at four or five bucks. Congratulations. It was a great trade, but now everybody and his brother knows that page in the playbook, and it's going to take another 10 years before you find someone napping on, on being 100% short of, of, uh, of, of a very cheap stock that finally catches some, some, uh, some air. So uh, let me see the chart, please, Mike. There we go. So GameStop, uh, uh, and I, I'm the one that said when it break, broke above 212, it was going to, to 360, and we got that. So I'm not a bear all the time, but this is rolling over. The 200 day is at 169.53. We're kind of sitting on it right now. I would get ready to sell a third. I, I've said before that I think HODL is bullshit, and uh, this is this is going to roll over, and you're still going to hate me, and that's okay. I, I can handle this. So my take is the memes are over. They're all behind me. Part two, and please stay tuned here because I'll help you with the AMCs of the world and others to to avoid this uh, this coming uh, uh, onslaught, in my opinion. Uh, reporters of the week. Uh, this is from the Business Insider. This is Lena Batarags and uh, the, the Evergrande crisis. Uh, four questions that explain why China's property market, which is twice as big as America's and where 20% of homes are empty, matters. And that title kind of explains you know, much of, of the story. I've got a link in the show notes. Please go there and, and you can you know, get your take uh, about what's going on with, with Evergrande. But then here, here we are you know, three weeks later, and another reporter from Business Insider, Harry Robertson, says the Evergrande crisis is, is spreading. Here are other Chinese property developers that are in default or wobbling. Um, Fantasia, Cynic, China Properties Group uh, have failed to meet payments. And uh, economists are worried that the contagion in the property sector could knock out a key engine of Chinese growth. So uh, my take is I'm treating this again like COVID. I'm not panicking, but I'm not dismissing either. And another question I always like to ask is, is this bullish or bearish? Can this be bullish or bearish or is it neutral? And I'll say about this, it sounds like it can be neutral. It can't be bullish. To have uh, uh, indebted property companies uh, uh, missing payments and 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 having an overinflated real estate market come come crashing down, which is what appears to be happening. And for my subscribers, you know, in or near China, I would love to hear your perspective, and I think that would add value to all of us. So tell me what you're you're seeing out there. I'd really appreciate that. Uh, charts and tweets of the week. 
Jim Bianco from Bianco Research, a very thoughtful guy, uh, writes that nearly 50% of the hash rate of the Bitcoin blockchain pulled the plug, pulled the plug, packed up, and relocated to another country in a few months, and no one noticed. And and I agree with him. It shows a, an incredibly resilient system, and he believes, and I think I do, that it's contributing for Bitcoin going above 60,000 again. Look at this chart here. This is the, the rest of the world gathering what China spilled, and, uh, and the U.S. being a huge uh, part of this where the, the crypto miners... Have, have taken up what uh, uh, what China tried to ban. So it's pretty impressive that the, this this cryptocurrency incurred the wrath of the, of the Communist Party of China and and weathered it as as dramatically uh, well as it has. And so I uh, a tip of the hat to him. Now uh, I'm going to put up uh, I'm going to look at more charts this past this next week. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Bitcoin sort of looks like it's stalling out here. There was a lot of, of um, uh, excitement over the futures Bitcoin ETF, and it, it, we might be selling the news here. So I'm a little surprised we didn't you know, take off new highs. Ethereum looks a little bit uh, like it's stalling as well. So stay tuned. I'm going to do a lot more work, and, and I'll come back to you. I don't have any position there at this point in time. Uh, newsletters of the week. Uh, Bear Traps report. Larry McDonald and his team. Uh, take a look at this 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 price in copper. Copper is is um, uh, copper supplies at the uh, LME London Metals Exchange warehouse are at forty seven year lows. And um, uh, full disclosure, I own COPX, the copper ETF. Uh, China's weakness uh, might have contributed to the sell signal kicking in, so I own a little bit less of it now. But the bottom line, this is a classic squeeze. Uh, uh, people are, are demanding delivery of copper. Uh, it's not on the shelves. And um, uh, we're seeing this, this, uh, this huge spike here that the exchange is doing what it normally does in changing the rules so that the, the market acts you know, a little bit more efficiently. efficiently. But uh, as I agree with this, this commodity legend, copper could scream this, the supply chain issues that we're all seeing out there. Uh, leads to draining of, of inventories of a lot of commodities, and copper is sure sure on that list. So um, uh, I'm stay tuned. I might be getting back more bigger into into copper if uh, the if the chart tells me to. Um, it talks about nuclear sentiment shift. Uh, the Fukushima disaster in in 2011 uh, led Japan and Germany to close nuclear reactors, and so segue to 10 years later now. Uh, Uranium spot was 32 bucks at the start of August. We're at 47. The prior peak is 137 back in 2007, which is why I point to sort of a five bagger, uh, just getting back to to uh, uh, previous highs. Individual traders have come into the spot uh, 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 trust, asset management trust, the uranium trust. It's raised twice the amount of cash from shareholders that they thought they were going to. Uh, it's up 49% uh, since the exception, inception in July. And we know from Tim Rotolo and our interview with him, the head of, of uh, URNM, that they're a, a significant holder in this as well. And uh, most people don't realize this, but uh, nuclear power provides a tenth of the world's electricity, and uh, it's going to send the uranium stocks even higher from here, in my view. So, 
um, uh, and the CEO of the Sprott Trust is going to be talking with Larry at a, at a conference next week, and that's probably going to kick up some dust as well. More on, uh, on the commodity theme. We've got six factors that are exacerbating inflation. No new mines. What happened when, when prices got crushed for oil, coal, uranium, copper, gas, people sat on their wallets. And $2.5 trillion uh, from 2014 to 2020 uh, uh, was, was, was not invested because it was uneconomic. And meanwhile, the, the global population rose by 700 million people, and it's all coming home to roost. There's no new factories. Uh, the, uh, classic, uh, colossal underinvestment in, uh, in things that consumers need, like cement, for example. Uh, the amazing increase in money supply in the federal debt. It's 3x the post-Lehman uh, uh, period, what we're going to see over the next three years. ESG. Uh, is 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 necessary, but perhaps ill-timed, uh, and, uh, and and contributing to this, the supply chain is clearly inadequate, as you can see from the 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 dozens of ships that are off Long Beach, and the demand shifts in China and India as their middle class expands. So everything is coming to commodities, and you know we were there because the market told us to go there. So we're thirty five percent in cash. We're short the spacs. And we're short, uh, especially the EVs, we're short the um, uh, uh, emerging markets, especially China, and we're long agriculture, copper, and commodities. That's an unconventional portfolio, but it is working, and I encourage you to at least think about reassessing your portfolio and, and, and maybe incorporating some of my ideas. Uh, folks, that's the show. Please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Please follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app, tape your questions, and email to Bakes at BakesTakePodcast.com or write in if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Have a great week. And for much-needed levity, uh, this is Frank Caliendo. He, he does wonderful impressions. And here are uh, 20 of his funniest and best. And I encourage you to go to the link in the show notes. And uh, after we go through all this uh, serious financial stuff, uh, it, it helps me to get, a, to get a couple laughs in. And I encourage you to do it. So uh, keep smiling, and I'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye now.